Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats official, official sponsor of the corner booth podcast. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clinton, alongside my sidekick and amazing social media host and right-hand man, Matt Ordazzo. Oh, I got a course banquet in my hand that is down some guacamole and chips. <clears throat> I'm ready to take it on the chest for how bad we gambled this week. And holy shit. Oh, man. I think uh, I think we both went one for like seven or eight or whatever the picks were. I only got Clemson right. <clears throat> Same. But the unfortunate thing was that Matt, I'm still beating Matt because his gimme died. <laughs> I don't understand. And the worst part is I called it too. I don't understand it. So you have the Colts. They tied with the Texans. Then they get shut out by the Jaguars. And now you have the Chiefs. Obviously the Chiefs probably plus three something odds to win that game. How the fuck did the Chiefs lose to the Colts? That was supposed to be the biggest fucking gimme of this probably season. Could be exaggerating that, but I mean, when you get fucking tied with the Texans, you're gonna play the Chiefs. You're gonna, you should lose. I don't know how the fuck they did that, but here we are. That is my FanDuel experience. Yeah, you know what's so funny? I had a couple of redemption bets that happened, and they were all just bad. I think I shot twenty percent in all my bets this weekend. I think the only winners I had were Philadelphia, Clemson, uh, Baylor. And one other team covering. Oh, and the Colts covering. That was it. I shot like shit this weekend, and it was it was abysmal. I I was embarrassed. I shot a uh, a little small parlay on the Jets game. Didn't pick a winner. I'm smart like that. I didn't do anything with the money line. I just did Flacco over this and that. Elijah Moore anytime TD hit everything except the Moore TD. Figured he was due. Hasn't had one at all this season yet, but. Zach, the Milfson is back next week. Hopefully he's supposed to be clear. So let's see if he gets some connections with more going forward. But other than that, Garrett Wilson looks great. And we don't pretty much. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, what sucks is like, um, with Garrett Wilson this week, I, I started Garrett Wilson over Devonte Smith. Ah, uh, but you know what? It's, it's, it's tough to argue that was bad because before that game even happened, Smith wasn't really doing much fantasy-wise. So I can understand why you would have made that move. It just sucks that the one week you make that move, obviously he still has a great game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's um, been one of those weeks, man. You know, it's... Didn't it's mean to just, cut you off. You know, you're good. It, we'll just talk, start with the six-pack first because I don't even want to talk about Sunday football. What the hell was that? It was so boring. I had my split screen going last night. House of Dragon on one screen and the Sunday Football mm-hmm. on the other. Dude, I switched it to baseball. Not even yeah. my team. It, it was that bad. I fell asleep after halftime. I, it was it was terrible. And I woke up and it was like an 11 to 10 game. 
I was like, holy shit, George Kittle gave me like 4.8 points. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo coming back was going to be fucking the recipe for success for that team, but they were flatter than a fucking white girl's ass. But oh God, it was just like the fact of the matter is we're going to talk about that game in a little bit. Cause I got, we have, there's, there's some good news that came out of that game, but <clears throat> I just, with the, with this six pack this weekend, well, let's review mm. me and Matt both missed on Florida. Mm-hmm. We both missed on Arkansas over AM. We hit on Clemson Wake Forest. And that one went to double overtime. <laughs> we both missed on Packers Tampa. Jesus. On Buffalo Miami. And we both missed on Rams Cards. We got to stop doing the same bets. I swear, we like our brains think too much alike. So we always pick the same people, except for Colts Chiefs. I went with the Lions. And if it wasn't for a blown coverage, I would have gotten that one too, which just annoys the Damn. hell out of me. It's annoys me because it's same old, not like same old lines, but it they're it's weird. I think they got better, but they're almost the same team because last year they were in on every single game and they would fall short. Right now they're one and two. I know it's early in the season, but it's the same thing. I see a lot of improvement, but I see a team that still can't finish the game. So I don't. Maybe Jamison Williams coming back eventually could be that little bit of a uh, a kickstart for that offense. Even though the offense is fine, they're putting up a lot of points. It's just the defense is not finishing these games. Mm-hmm. But I'm not giving up on Motor City Campbell. I love Dan Campbell. They're going to be a playoff team. I think that was a fluke game. They're always the NFC North always has one fluke game per rivalry every year. It's kind of mm-hmm. that. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I, I picked Arkansas mostly because I I don't know. I just I was feeling it for you. Like I was pissed when Miami lost to them. So I was like, you know what? Fuck Texas A&M. I'm not even a big college football fan, but I already don't like them. So let's pick Arkansas. And I already know I'm not going to let Texas A&M go forward because they just fucked me on that pick. Yeah. But, I mean, while we're on that topic of that game, I mean, Arkansas missed that field goal at the end of the game is what kind of changed that momentum. I mean, there's a couple of key things, in my opinion, that happened in that game was the missed field goal at the end and that um, – I think it was that fumble touchdown. It was like a 98-yard touchdown. It would have been 21-7.5, but it made it 14-13. to That just changed the momentum when they scored that 23 unanswered. I mean, credit to the Texas A&M. They were fighting hard. They came back, and, you know, defense held their own. So, credit to Texas A&M, but, like, fucking Arkansas. I was Come so, on. I know. And, and the only thing is they play Alabama this week. And it's probably going to be in our six-pack, let's be honest. But I was like, fuck, oh. guys. And we're not going to talk about Miami. I don't want to talk about Miami. I will say this. They are – they need have work to do. That's all I'll say. Mario mm-hmm. Cristobal is the right coach, but I think I have two thoughts on this, and we'll not talk about it for the rest of the show. They were overhyped too early. They never played a real team. The only real team they played was um, Southern Miss, who gave them a run for about 30 seconds. Then they play AM, and AM beats them because they couldn't move the ball. I think Josh Gaddis is not the right offensive coordinator for this offense. He's too explosive, and he's too conservative. They're built for he's, – he's a good offensive corner for a Big Ten team, not an mm-hmm. ACC team. I do like the power running game, but he does not take enough risks. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I do believe that Miami's in the right – has the right coach. Like this coach, I think, may win a national title at Miami. But are, is it happening under this set of players? Unless something drastically changes over the bye week, I don't know. Probably mm-hmm. not. But is Miami in the right direction? Yeah. Does Tyler Van Dyke need to take a good hard look in the mirror right now and stop focusing on the NFL draft because he ain't ready? Mm-hmm. He ain't ready, bro. He should have shredded that secondary. Mm-hmm. I agree. A lot of bad throws, and he looked like he was hungover. Looked like a Jared Williams game from 2019. Anybody was a Hurricanes fan, that name lives in infamy. Mm-hmm. Dude used to go out partying on Friday nights and show up hungover for the first half, and then the second half would light a team up. Yeah. And Miami would go 500 because half their early they'd lose every early game, but the night games would kill everybody. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Miami has a great coach. I think they're in the right direction. I think, like you were saying, I think the play calling offensively is to play it safe. I don't think they go for. I don't think they just don't go for it. They just they they settle on those short little plays that don't really get them anything. And you know, it might be the right personnel, just wrong OC. But you know, like you said with Tyler Van Dyke, I think it'd be best for him to 
look himself in the mirror, maybe uh, focus on coming back next year. Because I think at this moment, the way he's playing, he is not a first-round projected quarterback. And the problem is, he better hope to God that Jake Jake Garcia doesn't have a better week than him in practice. He might be gone. He might be benched. Yeah. And here's here's the thing about Cristobal. Cristobal doesn't owe anything to Van Dyke. Van Dyke was a Manny Diaz recruit, and I hate to turn on Van Dyke this fast, but dude, you second straight week in a row, you look sloppy. It's and just it, don't tell me Middle Tennessee State is Middle Tennessee State is, the Hilltop. Listen, it ain't like Sonny Winkler's coaching them, man. Hmm. This is a real actual college team that honestly went 500 last year. Yeah, no, it's just the nature of the business. You know, anybody you comes in, whether it's shit up, bro. yeah, whether it's a coach, GM comes in, they didn't pick the coach, they didn't pick the quarterback, they didn't pick these guys. Everybody that's not under that regime's control. And honestly, Garcia's got a lot of up, and then there's also that one. Fr- I can't remember the kid's name. But there's a freshman in the wings. Who's a five-star recruit or a four-star recruit? Dual-threat quarterback kids that got an absolute bazooka on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm telling, I'm just saying this right now. Van Dyke should be feeling the heat, and he should want the competitiveness. This dude was a gamer last year. And here's the here's the, the biggest thing about Miami, and this is why I noticed last year, is that the second they were kicked to the curb, they were three losses in, and the Van Dyke came in, and they were they were the underdogs. Oh my God, they would kick the snot out of teams. Mm-hmm. I think this is the best case scenario for Miami this year. If they ran the table or went one loss to AM or two losses to Clemson, they would have gone into the ACC title game, gotten their heads kicked in, and then gotten their heads kicked in the bowl game by some team that couldn't even hold their jockstrap, like 2017. Mm-hmm. So now Miami's been humbled to the point of where they're probably going to like Mario Cristobal might kick Josh Gaddis to the curb during the off during the bye week. They have a bye week now. All their guys can get healthy. They can figure out the fuck's happened with their offense and their defense and their tackling. And God bless North Carolina. <laughs> We're three years. The last time I beat North Carolina, I was a first year out of college. They've been annoying the hell of us for three years now. Miami wants blood. I think this is where it comes up to bite North Carolina. I think North Carolina is about to catch one because this is a pissed off Hurricanes team. And they are the most dangerous when you've taken away all the, taking away their ranking. Mm-hmm. I love that Florida Stank is right. Florida Stank is ranked too. I love it. You know why? Because <laughs> October, November sixth can't come fast enough, baby. All right, <laughs> moving on. Last of um, six pack we basically covered. We'll talk any other college football games. No other real besides Miami going down. There wasn't anything like huge. Upset wise, it wasn't a crazy weekend. It was kind of forgettable, honestly, with college football. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Clemson and Wake Forest was that one game where I was like, "Holy shit!" Like Clemson, like well, the Wake fact Forest also might that actually Maryland do this. Fucking covered too, by the way. Yeah, so, holy yeah. hell. Um, yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee's a, a ranked team. Texas Tech beating Texas. I hit the over on that. By the way, I had sixty. It was sixty-one and a half. I hit the over. I was hype as hell. Why Oregon surviving, Kentucky surviving. I thought Wisconsin was gonna make that more of a ball game. Mm-hmm. How about UConn put up 10 points on the one of the best defenses in the country? <laughs> in State. Shout uh, out to UConn. Oh, oh wait, nope. I forgot about one upset. Oh, in Manhattan, uh, Manhattan, Kansas is finest, man. Holy shit, Kansas State knocking off Oklahoma. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, you know what? They they've have they've lost four straight. Mm-hmm. It's it's hysterical to me at this point. Like, I don't even know how they're this bad and how they can lose to like, it's just like a team like owns your soul. So I, I, I don't know, man. This is, this is funny as hell. I think it's uh, I think it's a good old time. Some of the, yeah, some, I don't know. Sometimes just teams just got your number, man. It just doesn't fucking matter what, who you have coaching, what you got as players, man. Sometimes they just fucking just come in. They're like, we're going to own you and you're ours. And then they just, you can't win the game. Yeah. Right. I um I really uh think that just oh my god I just I, the Big Twelve is such a fucking joke now Texas Oklahoma both lose holy shit that conference is trash shout out and to you, Anthony Richardson for his passing touchdown finally I, I I'm done with Florida fuck them I'm done <laughs> I, I bet on them once and I hate him even more all right well, let's move on we're gonna do the one sentence game because I absolutely despise well actually i i was gonna ask you but we'll do this live on air i'll ask you this what do you think about on mondays let's break doing like a random top 10 like art like one week top 10 favorite video games of all time top 10 favorite uh, beers oh yeah 
tailgate foods. So we'll do it at the end of the show before the Maya football preview or after the Maya football preview, kind of carry us out. So I'll give you till then your top 10 video games of all time. I'll give you the end of the show. So maybe like 45 minutes from now. And then we'll do it again. Me and Kevin started doing this a while back, but we never actually stuck with it because we ran out of topics. We only do sports. We're going to do it out of sports. We can talk about everything. But while we're doing that shit, let's talk about the one sentence game. Oh, it's that time of the year, that time of the day, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. Oh my god, this is the only time I actually don't hate my hate talking about the past week's games. With that in mind, starting off Thursday Night Football, we got the Browns and the Steelers. I I love how many people's parlays got shot to shit over that atrocious last game, last play fumble. I um, you know, what's funny is I made a big sixteen leg parlay trying to pick up the winner of every single game, and the first one that I hit on was picking the Browns over the Steelers. Uh, if I'm if I am Mike Tomlin. I am looking at Kenny Pickett, and I'm like, all right, kid, are you going to be ready in a week or so? Because not only is the Steelers' you know, season on the line with Trubisky behind the helm, but Mike Tomlin has never had an under 500 record career as a head coach of the Steelers. So that is also on the line. So if I'm him, I'm looking at, you know what? Division's a little weak. I mean, you have the Ravens are 2-1, and one, but Bengals are 1-2, and two, Steelers are 1-2. and two. Browns are also two and one. So if I'm looking at that, I'm like, listen, it's anybody's game right now. I'm going to go throw in the rookie because I've seen what I have in Trubisky. It's average quarterback play at best right now. And they have a pretty solid offense. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be performing. If I'm them, I'm looking at making a quarterback switch. If they go one and three next week, which is, is against the jets with Zach Wilson returning. So we'll see how that goes. You know, it's so, it's so funny to me about all this, right? <clears throat> the Browns actually look like a legitimate team. Mm-hmm. The NFC North looks like it's just like they're going to eat each other. It it literally is turning the NFC. It's the new NFC East, where none of the teams are actually that bad. They're just going to eat each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, with the Browns, the Steelers are fucking terrible. Uh, the, the Mitch Trubisky experiment is not working. You got to put in Pickett. I'm sorry. This this crap about trying to like make Pickett ride the bench because Mike Tomlin's old school is fucking stupid. I think it's the dumbest thing possible. Yeah, um, you know what? Credit to the Browns though. I would not have thought that they would have been playing this well with Jacoby Brissett. Like, obviously, we've all agreed Jacoby Brissett is a fantastic backup quarterback, but the fact that he's he's playing productive every single week he he's playing better than i think any quarterback could step in and play for that team right now considering they have one receiver and they got the two running backs they finally are using Njoku. but hats off to jacoby Brissett because this man can play for some football maybe not as a consistent starter but this man can still win some games for teams fair enough i what really comes down It all comes down to simply this. It's just with the with the Steelers, like they have so much young talent. And the biggest problem is that uh, I I I don't know, man. It's just there's so much stuff that could be actually good about the Steelers, but they don't actually put it together. I think the biggest part is start with the quarterbacks, the engine, the key, the ignition. Their defense is still fun. I think they also have to realize that at the end of the day, they are not a playoff team. I think this is what it really comes down to. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm rambling here. I just this game was just disgust. This game was just so boring. This game was fun. Way better than Sunday Night Football, which we'll, I guess we'll talk about at the end of this because I really don't feel like breaking it down. All right, moving on. Eagles Commanders. As God damn Carson! Ouch. Hey, shout out to Carson once. He may have only gotten me 11 points, but I still won in my leagues. Um, I I think the best sentence for that game is I expected nothing less. I, I didn't expect this to be a revenge game for Carson Wentz. I expected Philly's D 
defense to dominate. Uh, exactly why I did not start one commander on my any of my rosters at all. I started all the Eagles that I might have had, like Hertz and um, I think AJ Brown in one league. But um, as expected, I expected the Eagles to control that in game for the entire time. I expected them to shut the offense down, and they did exactly that. And uh, Carson Wentz may have entered that game with a humble attitude, but that did not pay off for them at all. You know what the worst part about it was is that I just started feeling bad for Carson towards the end, man, because the Eagles' pass rush was just getting home nine sacks. And it wasn't even like they were just like a bl- a corner blitz getting to the getting to him f- like fast. It was like I it was like these guys were doing four or five man rushes and Jonathan Gannon had like six guys dropping mm-hmm. and they were making plays. That last drive was impressive. They got the ball moving, but I just I think the biggest problem with Wentz was that with Phil with the with their offensive line is not great, and Philadelphia had about five guys on that D line who were ready to cut loose. A couple of them were still a little pissed about twenty twenty, namely Fletcher Cox, BG, and uh, Harg. I know Hargrave. Yeah, Hargrave was uh, was his first year with us in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So, and Sweat, who's been there since 2019. You know, the thing is, just like, it just shows how dynamic that pass rush can be. No, Brent, Brent, uh, Derek Barnett. Yeah, um, it, it's no issue. It, I honestly, it, it really is. This is the best Eagles pass I've seen since they had Trent Cole and Jason Babin. Mm-hmm. Like, where they were, the two of them were t- one and two in sacks. Dude, Jason like Babin was a monster. Oh my god, that year 20 2011 Eagles Cole and him each had 17 and a half each. I think or 16 and a half or something. I remember him because towards the end of his time we had him for a few seasons and he he didn't make crazy plays because he wasn't a complete starter, but when he made plays, he was a hard hitter and it was a guy that made you know who he was. And the fact he had like the old style tribal flame tattoos was yeah. hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, our, to the Eagles' offense though, dude, Jalen Hurts has proven he can sling it. And mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, uh, the Batman's Devontae Smith and uh, AJ Brown, and I'll throw Quez in there, even though they basically had Quez shadow covered after that game against uh, what's it called. <sighs> yeah, I um, getting into the season, I you know, there's a lot of criticism about AJ Brown with the Eagles on that offense. There's a lot of criticism about what Jalen Hurts is going to do, and I just like I was telling you the entire time, like I don't really understand where any of this is coming from. AJ Brown's a fantastic receiver, and Jalen Hurts has all of the tools around him to be a great quarterback. I don't understand what the issue could possibly be. I just think it was a bad day in media. And then look at this, 3-0. and They both look fantastic together, as I expected them to be. So I, I don't see where the cr- criticism was coming from, but I'm glad they're shutting the haters down. Yeah. I am too. I, 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 <clears throat> I Jalen Hurts is just a good dude. Like, mm-hmm. I've talked to so many people who aren't Eagles fans, even ones around teams, like, honestly, Jared, we don't hate him. We like him. Dude, he even won me over. And mm-hmm. I was the biggest Carson Wentz stand of all time. But a season and a half with it, I mean, I was a I was a Jalen Hurts believer after three and a half games. Mm-hmm. The the play that started getting me to come around was his first start against Arizona or second start. <clears throat> ball Hassan Riddick, his now teammate, strips him. He picks up the ball with one hand, scrambles to the right, throws a dart 30 yards downfield on the run to Goddard to keep and gets Goddard out of bounds and keeps us in shot for tying the game. I thought that was the most magical play I'd ever seen. Like, that's some Philly magic right there. That that dude works. <clears throat> I think that's why, like, certain quarterbacks like Sam Bradford and Jeff Garcia and Kevin Cobb. I mean, I'm not saying they're good players, but, like, Cunningham, McNabb, Vic, Foles, even Wentz for a little bit. Hurts, what do they all have in common? They have those, like, what the fuck plays. Mm-hmm. Where you're just, like, you, you're you in disbelief. Like, Foles during the Eagles, the both Eagles playoff runs, 18 and 17 when they won the Super Bowl. Dude, like, some of those throws were like, oh, my God, that's a one in a million throw. McNabb, the fourth and 26, bombed to Mitchell. Vic, 
like the throws to Jackson on the run, the miracle runs to save drives, Wentz, all those crazy back shoulder balls in the end zone to running backs. And now Hurts in Cunningham, all the way back to him and Jaworski. Like, I think to be an Eagles quarterback, you have to have a certain type of daringness and a certain type of, ah, hell, they're down there. Like, just fuck it and chuck it. Yeah. And I think that's what hurt why Hurts fits. And also, he's just a worker, bro. He fits the culture there. I think that's what the coolest part. Like, I look at this team and there's no, like, I think, like, I seriously genuinely think, like, they all love each other. Like, mm-hmm. in 17, I could definitely tell there was some animosity, and in 18, it all came out. So, I, I'm really actually, like, it's kind of, kind of cool showing, ev- showing everything, like, how everything is, like, lined up and shit. I agree. Plus, I mean, I think if anybody was going to fill the shoes of the great Mark Sanchez of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts is the perfect guy. I completely forgot about <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Holy shit. Only reason why I remember that was because that was the year I think we both released them, and we, we each signed. Like, I we signed Mike Vick, and you signed Sanchez. It was like a swap. Yeah, we and the fact that we got rid of um, Vick was just heartbreaking. All right, Texans-Bears. We kind of talked about it already, man, but – Holy crap, the Bears' offense is terrible. Both these teams are trash. The Bears won, right? Like 23-20 or something like that? Yeah, well, they're 2-1, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. You know, those could be the two games that are going to win this whole year. They're, they just, Both of these teams are really bad. Like, the the Texans' defense has a lot of potential, and they, they show a lot of a lot of heart and a lot of fight. Um, the Bears just kind of – they just kind of do whatever they think they – is best. I don't know how to describe it. It just, there's no motive behind anything. It's just kind of like, we suck. We know we suck. Just go figure something out. So Justin Fields is just fucking running around. Like, all right, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but let's just try this out. Um, I, yeah, they're both really bad. They're both really bad. And there's really no other way to describe it. I was not expecting that to be a fun game, but a uh, shout out to the Texans defense for getting me one point more than the Colts. So it was a good thing that I benched them. There you go. Oh my god. I I'm just blown away by how awful each team's offense is. And, and the worst part is at least with the Texans like but the Texans have a thousand yard receiver. Technically, sort of the Bears and Darnell Mooney. He has the potential for it. Mm-hmm. I just I'm, I'm blown away by how bad that football game was. And yet they still scored more points than Sunday football, which is horrifying. I think I'm more blown away with the fact that, like, think of how many really bad football game matchups we've had this year. Like, Giants, Titans, Giants, Panthers, Bears, Texans, Bears, Niners, um, Te- Niners, Broncos. Like, there's we've seen some really fucking bad football so far, and it's only the third week. And it, it's just, like, it's, it's insane. Like, these are some boring fucking games. Yeah, right. Dude, I've changed my top 10 for, uh, I've been, I'm like triple tasking. I'm recording. I'm finishing my top 10 video games. And I'm also like messaging guys who like uh, work at belly up. This is just proof that I am over, overburdened. I've got my top 10 so far. Um, and I'm looking you get at two this. honorable mentions by the way. Okay. That'll be good. Let me think of uh, honorable mentions. Cause I'm already yeah. thinking of like, all right, like fucking, what am I forgetting? Yeah, I, I just you know, oh my god, right, let's move on. I keep saying, oh my god, because like this game, this weekend was just horrible. Speaking of horrible, Raiders! <laughs> Holy hell! I knew my parlay was screwed when these goons couldn't punch in a two point conversion when there was two guys open. I am sure right now, Devonte Adams is like, fuck, I made the wrong choice. I can't. I'm actually fucking bamboozled that the Raiders are 0-3 under Josh McDaniels. I thought that this was the change that they needed as an organization. I thought they got the right coach. They got an offensive, brilliant-minded offensive coordinator that had experience with coaching previously. I know it didn't work out, but he's a different guy. I thought this was a recipe for success for Derek Carr, for Hunter Renfro, for Darren Waller, Devontae Adams. But no, they're 0-3. They can't finish a game. And I am dumbfounded that they have a better, they have a worse record than the Broncos right now. Because Nathaniel Hackett's a terrible coach. 
Yeah, no, the, the, the Broncos literally got lucky because they played the Texans. I think the, I think the Raiders will be okay. I think the Raiders are going to have to go back. I think Josh McDaniels isn't a terrible coach. I think the problem is I think he's trying to overthink everything right now. Mm-hmm. And it really just comes down to the fact that the Titans just play hard football and they play down to the Titans level. Yeah. Also, got, get Garen Waller the goddamn ball, man. <laughs> like, my backup tight end didn't even have a catch this week, OJ Howard. So, like, I had to go out and I'm on the waiver wire for uh, Hayden Hurst right now. I've been uh, I've been starting Hawkinson over Waller. I mean, Hawkinson's not been better, I but he's pulled both of the. Oh, that's why because I have a loaded receiving core. That's why I don't have Hawkinson. Yeah, no, I um, just I don't know. Just uh, I Waller looks like he's just fading out of this offense, and he's not even like he's regressing. They're just not using him. I know it's because it's it's and you think with Devonte Adams getting a target share, Mac Hollins is their most efficient receiver, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is crazy. To think about being an Eagles fan. All right. Chiefs Colts. My sentence is simply this. Gee, I called it. Mine was how the fuck did that happen? Because <laughs> that was my 100% most confident gimme this whole year so far. Buddy, you stick to college football. Just bet Georgia or Alabama. That's how you survive those gimmies. It, I know it's not fun, but it's like at the same time, it's how you not do not lose. Yeah, it's all mm. the rookie trying to figure it out with the strategy. Mm. I think you now have the record for the most blown gimmies, though. Yeah, I got it. It's just fucking bullshit. How do you? How do the? How does? How do you lose to the Bears week one? I don't know, man. How do you Listen, lose to I, the fucking Colts? I'm looking at all these games. The only ones I got right, and I, I got the Ravens right, and I got. I think the Falcons right. That's it, and the Eagles. That's it. <clears throat> Three out of sixteen. It's fucking terrible. I may have to just start picking <clears throat> the Dolphins because. Uh, didn't expect them to beat the Bills. Oh, wait, no. I think – I don't even know who I picked in the 49ers Broncos game. Yeah, all right. Moving on. All right. Bills, Dolphins. My sense is simply this. Somebody pray for Ken Dorsey's um, headset. Hmm. Have you seen that video of him just absolutely obliterating into the table after they didn't get the snap off? Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one I loved was uh, – I just – it. Like if they got that ball off, man, I, I think they, I think the tight, I think they win. Honestly, I think honestly, like the Jets, the I mean, uh, to quote Wyatt Watts from TikTok, the Bill, the Dolphins did not win; they survived. They play that game again tomorrow in a neutral site that's not a thousand degrees Miami. They get killed. This is one of those games where I'm not buying it completely yet. This was definitely a weather game, and they called this in Miami weather in September is awful, unless you're Middle Tennessee State. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not buying this for a minute, but yo, congrats to the Bills, man. The Dolphins, man, three and zero. Bills, it's okay, man. Teams lose generally. Teams who go undefeated late are it's hard for them to win the Super Bowl. So I'm kind of hoping Philly loses early so they get that one loss out of the way. Yeah, I, and I'm not afraid to admit every week that goes by, Miami has proven me wrong. You know, I was a big Tua non-believer in the beginning of this season, but listen, he's he's performing well. He's winning games. He's throwing a lot of lot of yards. Miami is is the team to beat right now. I know they might have skated by with the Bills, but at the end of the day, they still they still beat them. And credit to the coaching, credit to the players. Um, they're a lot better team than a lot of people thought outside of Miami fans, but. They deserve all the credit in the world for the coaching and the way they've been playing these last three weeks. So shout out to them and congrats to them for being on top of the AFC East right now. Yeah, I I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be these two teams just duking out the entire way after the game we're going to talk about next. But I just, wow. It was a hell of a game and I'm really pissed off. I had to watch. Unless, thank God for um, a certain stream site that will never rat out because they're so great. Or else I would have had to watch Jets Bengals, no offense, mm. or Ravens Patriots. We should work there live. Kill me. Well, I mean, you have season tickets, buddy. Yeah, I mean, no, if I see tickets, Eagles, I'd be watching some bad games too. Over the years. <laughs> um, that in mind, Ravens Patriots. I'm going to do this to myself. Praying for Mac Jones's leg. Yeah, 
Um, I think I, it's this is eight. This is a six to eight weeker. I've heard. Yeah, it's got to be. It could even be. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it wound up being ten weeks. Um, I watched the replay on that many times, and Calais Campbell is a large man, and he put all of his weight down on that ankle, and the way Mac Jones six, twisted eight, and turned. That's six eight, two hundred ninety five pounds. That's a yeah. large man. Oh, by the way, out of the U. And the way that he just twisted and turned when he went down, it, he was thriving in pain as soon as that happened. And yeah. he's limping off the field. Prayers to him. Hopefully, he's. Yeah. It's, I know it's a high ankle sprain, but there's. It's gonna be. I don't think I would. I'm, we're gonna see him until like closer to December. Who's the Patriots backup? Brian Hoyer. Hoyer the destroyer. Yeah. Oh my god! Or Bill's gonna go out and pull like some random quarterback nobody's heard of in 20 years out of. Well, they got the uh, rookie. Bailey Zap. Oh my God! Watch Zap comes in and starts lighting it up. I think uh, this is my conspiracy theory. Brian Hoyer has some dirt on Bill Belichick because this man receives double co- year contracts every single time he goes back to the Patriots. They give this man two, three year deals, and it's Brian Hoyer. Like Brian Hoyer is not a top. 15 backup quarterback in the league. I, I don't understand the obsession with him with, with uh, Bill Belichick. That's why I am, I am convinced he's got some dirt on Bill and Bill needs oh, yeah. to keep giving him one year deals. It's uh it's one of those things where I just, I can't get behind. I There's gotta be, yeah, you're right. There's gotta be something. I'm trying to think of anything, even his Cleveland days, he was fucking terrible. Except for that one stretch he went on after they took out Brandon Whedon. My biggest thing about Hoyer is that in the Patriots in, a, in general is now like Patriots fans like, dude, like what are they going to do for the next ten weeks? They um, I'll tell you. Well, I can't say they. I'll I'll classify as a handful of the Patriots fan base are in denial. They they don't want to the Packers next week. By the way, yeah. Well, they don't want to admit that the team is not good. I see a lot of them on Facebook talking about, oh, it's pretty relevant seeing all these teams, all these fans of teams that don't never win. You can see how they're not used to winning. Bro, stop being a freaking baby. Your team sucks right now. You're one and two. You lost your quarterback for like 10 weeks. He didn't even look good this year, and he didn't look good the last half of last year, so I don't want to hear anything. Uh, their next winnable game without Mac Jones is week seven against the Bears. They could realistically be like, one and five, and then go into the Bears. Well, they play like the two. Lions, the Packers, I think one other contender that I can't remember right now. And then I think they have a bye week week. No, they play the Jets week eight, which honestly, if Zach Wilson's playing, so is Garrett Wilson. I think the Jets win that. Yeah, it depends on Mac Jones' stat. Even with Mac Jones playing, I give it Then 50, the Bills. Why not the Bills? Then they play the Colts. That's a loss. And yeah, I, I think there's a real possibility they that they finish week, last. By week 10. Then they play the Jets again. Then you get the Vikings. Holy shit, this is ugly. Uh, Bills again on Thursday Night Football. Then you get, I believe, up there it is, the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Mm. Listen, that's December 7th. They may be doing a double XP weekend. They might have a shot there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, week. Then they get the Raiders on Sunday football. Max should be back by Christmas. So they get the Bengals. Oh my God. It's not getting easier, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> then the Dolphins again. Well, the fact that Mac Jones got them to the playoffs his rookie year, despite his injuries this year, he's, he bought himself a third yeah, year. He, he bought himself a third year by no question. Unless Lamar Jackson goes, Hey, Bill, I want to play for you. Yeah. Bill's at home. Yeah, wow. Holy shit. They, they might have five win, four wins total this year. Yeah. Holy hell, man. Unless Bailey Zapp comes out and becomes the next Brady, which I hope that does not happen. That'd be crazy. Oh, man. I miss Jarrett Stidham. He was terrible. Yo, thanks. <laughs> All right. We got to talk about it. I got ripped the band off my upset pick. Motor City Dan Campbell. Um,. <laughs> Listen, KJ Osborne's that dude, man. Those Canes receivers, they can run if you get him in open field. And uh, he just, dude, I saw the play live, and I was like, oh, fuck. And then, you know, it's okay. Because I said this pre-show, the NFC North is always one game per matchup that doesn't go the way it's supposed to unless you're the Packers against the Lions. In the pre- Even then, the previous years. But... I think the Lions are going to be a okay. I still think they'll finish with a better record than the um, 
Vikings, hell of a game. They played a great game. Both teams yeah. are solid. Both teams are playoff contenders. So there you go. I'm still standing firm on my eight to nine game win prediction for the Lions. I I think there's. I still think they're a great team. Um, they they like like last year. Like I said, they're in on every game. They play tough. It's just a matter of the defense just having to just close out these games for them. Which that goes back to Aaron Glenn, the DC. You gotta fucking stop these teams. Your offense is putting up points. They're putting up over twenty four points a game, pretty much. Like you gotta keep that team down. You gotta keep them in the game. You gotta make plays. And right now, I would say the offense is there, but the defense is not quite there yet to make them a competitor. All right, we're gonna go run through quick. Uh, Saints Panthers. God, I oh my god, I should have taken this as my upset pick. I just this game, dude. The Saint the Saints like. I just oh, I'm smelling I'm smelling burnt smoke, man. Dude, I Olave got me 27 points on my bench. Um, we're both bench warming this week, man. With yeah, Smith and Olave. Yeah, well, meanwhile, DJ Moore, my starting rotation, got me two points. So trade his ass now. I'm trying. Don't I've... be like me. I missed. I lost in the playoffs to Pat because not not our friend Pat, uh, corner booth yeah. Pat. I lost the corner booth Pat last year in the playoffs. Because DJ Moore had three catches for 10 yards. Well, that's the thing. I've tr- been trying to trade him. I've had many verbal agreements, and then what everybody you do just. Is you couple him with Bucker, and you go get a running back. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try it again. But uh, nobody wants him, and it's tough. And it's like I'm just ready to bench him entirely. Just see Fair what enough. I can throw in there. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on Saints Panthers? No, it's just a shit show. <laughs> I love the NFC South. How bad it is! All right, uh, we'll go. We'll, this is our last longer game, and then we'll try to speed run these last four. Uh, Bengals Jets. What do you got to say for yourself? Um, well, what I have to say is what I feared to happen happened. Where the whole fan base is on a high from that big comeback win against the Browns. You go on Twitter and everything, and everybody's like, "Oh, Jets 2017, Jets 27-24." I'm like, "Guys, pump the freaking brakes. It was the Browns we beat. Like, this is the Bengals. I know they're 0 and 2. They just went to the Super Bowl. Pump the brakes. Take it slow. Let's see what happens." Joe Burrow exploited the defense. Joe Flacco could not move the ball at all. I mean, he had 200, I think it was like 70-something passing yards, but he had two two interceptions. There was no momentum on the offense. The defense could not hold the Bengals in check. Um, And surprisingly, it was I would say it was about a 70-30%. Uh, green versus orange at that game. A lot of Jets, a lot of uh, Jets fans in there. A lot of some Bengals fans, but other than that, as I feared to happen, happened. And Zach Wilson, I miss you, and I can't wait to see you next week. I miss Zach Wilson too. I want to see him just roll out and yuck one the Wilson oh, down the field. Because I, I mean, Wilson to Wilson, that's the thing. Oh, by the way, my AJ Brown jersey should be done tomorrow. Nice. I honestly, I think like if if. If Joe Flacco was mobile and fast, I think this could be different games. But I just like if you watch Zach Wilson, like yes, he has to work on his decision making. He's quick, he's speedy, he breaks out of tackles, he's great outside the pocket, just get avoiding sacks, he's hard to bring down. And I like that elusiveness from him. I just need to see him cut those turnovers down. Oh yeah, no. All right, let's start speed running these. Falcons, Cardinals. I don't know what was more boring. This game, or trying to like watch Scott Hansen from fucking uh, Red Zone try to break this down. The poor guy was suffering because this game had no offense. The biggest play of the game was two white wide receivers running down the sideline. Yeah, that it it was it was bad. Like it it's in the category of like Texans, Bears, Panthers, Saints. It's just it was terrible. And poor Scott Hansen was probably trying his best, but he had nothing to work with. Speaking of bad. Uh, Buccaneers Packers 14 oh, final. God, what is I, with these games this year, man? Are is everyone's offensive coordinators going on vacation? I, I think honestly, this is things that I thought before the season started. I didn't see the hype of the Ravens, I guess they're two and one, but they're barely winning these games. Then you had the 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 uh, the Buccaneers, which you just look at Tom Brady, he looks terrible. Like people say, he looks great. Like, he looks, I, like I don't think his head's in it. That's I the see. Thing. Yeah, I think I, th- I think the Giselle thing's bugging him. I really think it is. Oh, yeah. And has I think to be. and also the hatch, he's no fucking weapons. His best weapon right now is Russell Gage. Yeah. I just they 
he I could see his I, the outline of his I skull. I am still never counting Tom out because he's Tom, but no. right now this ain't fun. Um speaking of fun though, Falcon Seahawks was actually pure unadulterated entertainment. Oh, that man. game was so much fun. I was excited when they put it on red zone. I was like, fuck yes. Dude, Geno uh, Smith Cordell, slinging the ball. Oh my god, Cordero Patterson's a horse. Yeah. That he that dude just loves moving. And then um Oh my god, who was the last, was it Tyre Terrell who got the last sack? I mean the last I, INT somebody did. But like I love how both these teams are gonna finish with a top ten pick and we're just throwing bombs at each other. That's good football. Good football is two teams who have no shot to make the playoffs this year, but are just hawking haymakers. Shout out to Mariota for his first Hawkins win. Yeah, well, it's going to be a Desmond Ritter team probably by next year, but Mariota. Hey, listen, he'll earn a contract to some other bench-warming team that needs a, needs a quarterback to develop. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go to the game that surprised a lot of people. Um, Jaguars-Chargers. Three observations. One, Herbert shouldn't have played. Those ribs look shot. Two, mm-hmm. the Jaguars are a mean fucking team. Yeah. Holy dude. shit, they play hard. They remind Doug, me of... They, they believe in Doug Peterson. They do. Oh, yeah. Like, holy hell. That team reminds me of, uh, I think it was the 2018 Jaguars, where they were like... 17. Yeah, 17, where they were like really close to going to the Super Bowl. They almost beat the Patriots. It should have been Eagles-Jaguars in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The NFL intervened. Um... I will say this. I am the most scared of any opponent so far this season as the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I am terrified of this team because of three reasons. One, they run the ball well. Two, Christian Kirk looks like you can't cover him. And mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence in a Doug Peterson offense looks like 2017 Carson Dude, Wentz. Christian Kirk is like fucking showing everybody like you doubted me for warning $24 million. Let's Here also you go. realize like he was injured in Arizona a lot and Kyler Murray's a dipshit. Yeah. Kyler Murray's entire strategy is fuck it, DeAndre out there somewhere. But you know what? The good thing with the good thing with the Jaguars is that you could you could look at this team now and be like, okay, we had all the playmakers in place. Our coach was just the issue. So you ask the coach and the coaching staff. You bring in a guy that has winning experience, and it's like I said, recipe for success. They're playing well. They believe in Dougie P. And I'm happy for the Jacks. Trevor Lawrence looks like a completely different quarterback compared to last year. And thankfully, they got rid of the whole Urban Meyer curse. There you go. Listen, I look at it like this. Last, before we talk about the abomination of Sunday Night Football, I am flabbergasted at how efficient their offense is. Mm-hmm. It like this is a this is a classic Dougie P offense. Matt, I'll let you do the intro for Sunday football. I got a special thing for the folks. Uh, I to piggyback off what I was saying before, where we've seen a plethora of some terrible matchups to start this season off. We're only in the third week, and this has to be one of the ones that just tops the cake. Like the score was eleven to ten. Like you combine that score, and that's three touchdowns. How the fuck do you? I. Just, Jimmy G thinking he was coming back and was going to be the fucking answer to the Niners prayers, which as he has been pretty much his career with them so far, you're not even using George Kittle and your offense is stagnant. The defense is keeping you in the games. How could you not score more than 11 points against the Broncos? But at the same time, man, the Broncos could go nine and eight, and I would put Nate Hackett on the freaking hot seat because oh, I he would too. sucks I, at coaching. I also would be like looking at a quarterback because Russ is not delivered. No, Russ looks like he gets worse every week, and I think Russ, it's because of the quarterback Russ, coach Russ or is the um, regressing, and also the fact is like Jerry Judy is not living. Neither is Hamler. Neither is like the best receiver on that on that roster was Noah Fan. Yeah, he's gone now. So it's it's it doesn't it's you know it's a funny Broncos country. Let's die. You know, it's funny. I could have an unpopular opinion. I don't think Russ is the issue. I think Russ is still a great quarterback. I don't believe in the coach. I think the coach was obviously brought there for Rodgers, and that didn't happen. So I I think I think his days are numbered. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be one and done, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't last more than two seasons. He'll be back in pack of green and gold within, like, a year. Yeah, because you know what? Some guys, at the end of the day, some guys are just not coach material. Like, we're, yeah, no. we're, we're looking to see if that's in Robert Sala or, you know, we're looking to see if that's going to be Nate Hack and all these other first-time kind of guys. But he's not – despite the record, they they look like shit. 
Oh, yeah. And they're beating shit teams. Anyways. You know what? And the worst part is Kyle Shanahan's not much of a better coach. I don't get the Shanahan shit. Like, they should have kicked the piss out of them. Oh, my God. Wow. I just saw the um, the Giants went to go kick a field goal, and <laughs> it just completely bounced off the freaking pole. It went, it went inside, left inside. Are you getting like, a play-by-play from B? Like no, well, I got the game on right behind me. But pretty much okay. if, you, if you could put it in the perspective of baseball – he hit the outside left corner of the strike zone, but that just happened to be the field goal post. Oh my God. All right. And you know what? There was something amazing that happened in this game. Something unbelievable. Something if you've ever watched, if you've watched football since 2007, you understand why this is hysterical. If you think of the great Dan Orlowski, Shelton's hmm. finest, UConn quarterback, NFL quarterback, backup for the Detroit Lions on that 0 and uh, 16 team. And. NFL analyst extraordinaire for ESPN and friend of the Pat McAfee show, which me and Matt love to listen to. He has one infamous moment running, running out of bounds, but Dan, we've got news. Jimmy G stepped out of the back of the end zone without even contact. Yes, we did it. You know, the pain is over. I would also say that we freed Mark Sanchez as well because of the butt punt, but he, butt punt. <laughs> he seems to be pretty proud of the butt fumble and he wants all credit towards that. So I don't think he wants freedom. So I guess he's just going to continue to be nah, with that. No, nah, listen, I love how Sanchez is owning it, but like shout out to Danny. O for seeing McAfee saying great news for Dan Orlowski. He goes, sweet victory, freedom. Oh man. He was hyped that was too. Ter- okay. I argue Jimmy G's is worse because Jimmy G has a clean pocket. He should keep stepping back. Yeah. And even when he made that throw, he shuffled back. And I'm like, dude, look down. Like you're like three feet into the white. So I've always wanted this. I've been on a, a, in a, a college field before the goalpost hangs over. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like if you're underneath that line, you see the shadow of the goalpost. It's at eye level. It technically hangs over the back of these. Technically, the it's like just in the field of play, and I you would see it, especially if it's right there. If you're Jimmy Garoppolo, right over your like just above your right shoulder, how do you not know where the fucking? I don't know. That was that was awful. Dan Orlovsky was running for his life against Jared Allen. Totally understand him running out of the back of the end zone. Jimmy G, that was just like not good social awareness. I really think everyone's crying the Niners is a Super Bowl contender with Jimmy G now. Dude, I still think they're a trash ass roster. No, I, 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 I think they're a nine win team. Yeah, they got no run game. The uh, Kittle just kind of just keeps fading out just because of injuries. It's, it's almost as if they don't even have a tight end. The end of like four years ago it was like it was Ertz, it was Kittle, it was Gronk, and it was uh, Wallace. And Kelsey, 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 and Mark Andrews—the only ones the the big six left. Yeah, because Der- George Kittle hasn't played a meaningful snap in months, and Darren Waller basically is like sitting there like Darren Waller might get traded midseason. Just watch out for that. No, wait, no, he got a contract. Never mind, I forgot he got a contract. So take that. Yeah, back. You, you, hey, don't count that out. Dave Gettleman signed and traded it with Del Beckham. That is really true. Actually, holy shit, I forgot about that. And also, Josh. Josh McDaniels and uh, the uh, the guy that brought in with the GM, I swear to God, it's those New England guys. They don't care about your contract. I don't know, man. Like I just, I they saw Foster Moreau. They I could easily see them moving uh, Waller, but like it's it's weird. The contract doesn't scare me away from them moving. I don't know. All right, it's time uh, before we break down Monday football. The game's already started, obviously. So we can all talk about it quick predictions for tonight, Matt. Who do you got? Um. I'm going with the Cowboys. Going with the upset with the Cowboys. And my I reasoning. Too. Jesus. My reasoning. We're, we're, not, we're not betting on this game. Oh, Who that cares? is true. My reasoning for it is it's it's a really stupid reason. But every single time I watch a game and it's a meaningful game, the team's 2-0 and where they're just looking to get some momentum going for that team. They um, they start off with the, all of the all of that team's greats on the field. Like the Giants got Michael Strahan down there. They got – pretty sure they had like Carl Banks. They had Lawrence Taylor down there. Every time I see a team 
bring in all their veterans, all their former, all their former greats to try and hype the team up. They always just they come out flat and they fucking lose, and all those guys got to go fly home after a misery victory, uh, misery loss. I'm taking the Cowboys just for the simple fact that I think this hype train is going to blow up in their face. I think that my my guy Frank Michael Smith said it best on his podcast that they have played to whack ass defenses who are not that great. Carolina basically had four shots to beat them, and Tennessee just needed to make a stop. It wasn't a good look, and I think Dallas is about the same level as those two teams, mid to bad. But the thing is, you got Cooper Rush, who honestly I think is honestly one of the best backups in football. Zeke and Pollard are healthy. CD's healthy. I think Gallup's even playing. No, Gallup and Schultz oh, Gall- are out. Gallup's, Gallup's still out? Okay. Yeah, so still, is Schultz. I, I still think well, Schultz's injury is scary. Um, yeah. I I definitely still I have this weird feeling. And also, that Cowboys defense has been playing lights out, absolutely yeah. lights out. They held Cincinnati to what nineteen points? Yeah, surprisingly. Um, Holy hell! Like surprisingly, they're they're playing well on defense. I really was counting them out, but it, those linebacker core is getting to the quarterbacks. They're pl- they're supplying a lot of pressure and they're keeping these games close. Who the who the Cowboys lose to week one? Uh, Tampa. But they kept that as a close 19 game points. too. Nineteen points. Yeah. There you go. I I I trust me. I think the Cowboys defense is going to keep them in games this year. Yeah. Plus, uh, the Cooper Rush Noah Brown combination is still going strong. Oh yeah. So you know what? Yeah, give me a uh, Cowboys as well. All right, you ready to get us out of here with our top ten video games? You, my friend, go first. You going to going down the list? Yeah. No. We'll, we'll, you just go. You can give us about a, a half quick snippet reason why, like a sentence, and then we'll do mine. And we'll make do a quick thirty second reaction. We'll get out of here before uh, the minute marker, the hour marker's out. All right. Well, my honorable mentions are uh, the original Halo and uh, WWE Two K Twelve. That was the last great WWE version of the game that they've ever made. That those two made my honorable mentions. Um, coming in at number ten for myself, going with a classic Mario Kart. I could not get enough of that game when I was a little kid. Even like now, I play it every now and then. It just it's amazing. Drunk Mario Kart hits. Bro. Oh yeah. Um, for me, number nine, SmackDown. Here comes the pain. The best WWE video game I think they've ever made. Um, eight and seven, NBA Street, and then seven's NBA Street Volume Two. That was a fucking amazing game. Nothing beats when you. That's sing- number seven in my countdown, dude. So. Nothing beats when you freaking dunk the ball, scoring that twenty-one points, and the rim just explodes. Yeah. Um, Street 3 was fun. Yeah, but the original first two were great. Yeah. Uh, for me, number six, NFL Blitz. I loved that game, man. I'd make some crazy tackles, and they'd show these guys just bones getting crushed and broken in the replays. Um, number five for me was the last MLB game that they made for Xbox before the show bought the rights and Sony did, but MLB 2K13. 2K13. Yes, yeah. that was an amazing game. Uh, four, I've got... Uh, four, I've got... GTA Five. That's what I have it for too. <laughs> <laughs> Ever um, since they added the Camaro, I haven't stopped going in and just driving for a half hour. Three, I've got uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. I loved that game, and I still play it every now and then. But that was a great game for me. Uh, two is a combination of GTA San Andreas and Vice City. And my number one of all time, as no probably surprise, is all versions of Madden. I can't get enough of that game. I play that shit every single day, pretty much almost. There you go. All righty. My honorable, I liked your game. I, it was very diverse. I kind of, it was cracking me up that you had NBA Street Volume 2 at 7. I had it at 7 as well. <laughs> we both had GTA 5 at 4. I have probably logged more hours in that game than any other game except Madden <laughs> 20. Except Madden 20 would be in that franchise. Dude, I still play it. I played it last night. I literally, they added the Chevy Camaro, my favorite car, got in it. And drove for 10 minutes. It's just such a fun muscle car. Like, the driving mechanics are so fun. I'm waiting for GTA 6 to come out. Can't wait for that one. Me too, man. All right. Honorable mention is, it's. I have, there's a couple ties in my top 10 because I love them all so much. It's the CODs. Modern for 2, World at War, Ghosts, and Black Ops 2, my four favorite ones. All of them were amazing. They all deserve a little nod. Number, um... The last hour I'll mention is Ghost Recon, the reboots. So Wildlands and Breakpoint, I play them both religiously. I love them. The open world feel, I love. It's just so much fun to like attack missions on your own merit. Ten is any damn Madden 
love it. It's my favorite sport. It NCAA was a close, but like the thing is, they haven't. I haven't like had a fun NCAA game. I haven't owned one since the one that had Crabtree in the cover. Mm-hmm. I still play uh, 08 on my OG Xbox occasionally, but still, it's not Madden is king. Number nine is a tie between MLB The Show and MLB 2K. Baseball video games to me are so cathartic and relaxing. I remember All Star Baseball back when I was a little kid. Yep. From nine eight nine sports, that was my shit. Um, number eight is oh my god, I got a double here. Uh, actually, no, I don't. Hold on one second. Um, is uh, and one street ball. Oh, I forgot about that. That one. game was so much fun. I loved it. It was just entertainment to the max. Another all mention I missed out was Halo Reach, but I uh, wasn't the biggest Halo guy growing up. All right, number seven, NBC Volume Two. We already talked about it. It's just, it's my favorite. OG, I am so, I played that game so much. I've beaten the story modes twice, each per OG Xbox Volume. I own three of them over the times I've broken them all. Number six, the original Star Wars Battlefront Two. This mm, game was, was game. amazing. I still have a copy for my PS2 and on my I have it downloaded on my Xbox One. I'll play it occasionally. Um, number five is a tie between my two favorite Assassin's Creeds. One is you're a pirate, one's you're a Viking. Black Fag and Valhalla are both amazing games. They're so replayable to me. Some nods I could have thrown at them were AC3, Brotherhood 2, and um yeah, Assassin's Creed 3. Wasn't the biggest fan of Odyssey. I thought it was fun, but it was a it was eh, it was mid. For GTA 5, locks so many damn hours in that game I had since 2015. I love it so much. Now we get to the big three. Number three, the one of the few games I've beaten. These three games I've beaten six times each at least. Or no, four times each at least. And this number three game, the fact that I've beaten this three times is terrifying because it's the large it holds the record for the longest largest map in an Xbox 360 console. Just Cause Two. It's Mike. If Michael Bay directed a video game series, <laughs> I love how ridiculous it is. It beat out Saints Row for this exact reason. It's so replayable, and the fact that there's no moral ambiguity. You are a good guy who does things a little edgy. It's fun. I love it. Two is the best of the series. Four is amazing. Three was a little underwhelming, but still great time. But two is the king. That game was so much fun. Number two, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. I found this game on Amazon for 10 bucks, brought it to the island, played five out of the 10 levels. I still have the other five to finish. I'll probably hook it up by Friday in my office here on my monitor and beat the rest of it. I love it. And finally... The only video game I've beaten six times, I have probably put two, oh, because of the pandemic, I probably put 200 some hours into this game. It is one of the few games that I consider, like, I wish I started playing earlier. They just released their 10th anniversary edition, and Bethesda may release a new a sequel to it eventually. It's Skyrim. I have played this game seven times over. Mm-hmm. I have had. I played an entire game through playthrough as a predator, like AVP predator. That was my race. And it was awesome being a seven foot five killing machine. I have played it with Lord of the Rings modifications on it. I've played it with guns, arrows. I've played both sides of the civil war with all the different changes. I love this game. I'll probably play some of it this week and I don't even care. I love it. It's just so much fun to fuck around and do dumb shit. The bow mechanics are perfect. It is just so crisp and relaxing. The soundtrack's amazing. The modifications make it so much fun. It is my favorite game by a mile. Yeah, some uh, honorable mentions from games that go back 20 plus years that were half PC, half uh, video games would have to be um, Backyard Baseball, yes, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Those are my three games I used to love. Like we're talking like two thousand, like nineteen ninety nine to oh one. Oh, um, test drive off road. Mm-hmm. That was spy, my favorite. Spy Fox. Oh my god, I, I play. I played. I played one of the Spy Foxes. Um, 
What did I have for the oh the original Spider-Man movie video game? Oh, that was a great game too. So fun. Um the original Men in Black video games were fun mm-hmm. as hell. Uh Rainbow Six C Rainbow Six Vegas. Both of them were fucking awesome. Uh and the last one in this they would have made my top 10 if they didn't put out the crappiest social crap remake hipster communist bullshit that I've ever seen in my life. That's Saints Row. Mm-hmm. They had an easy job. Remaking a game like Saints Row is a fucking cakewalk, and they literally just killed it. That's why they were removed from my top ten. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for the Corner with Podcast. I've kept up enough of Matt's time today. We appreciate you stopping by. Obviously, we hope you enjoy are enjoying the uh, it is currently 3 nothing right now between the Giants and Cowboys. And uh, we hope you enjoy your week. We'll see you on Thursday for a hopefully a brand new six-pack. I think me and Matt start, might start doing a graphic posting our our, uh, our parlays. I think that might be a fun thing to do. Maybe we'll do that and we'll start do, posting our top tens. Okay. Sounds I gotta good to figure. Me. I got to figure out how to get better at social media. Uh, graphics, I mean graphic design, but we'll figure it out. But listen, shout out to our amazing sponsors, easyfacial.com, promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off, and Canna Dips for 20% off, promo code BELLYUP20. I'm about to order a sleeve right now because I'm down to my last tin of mint. I need my fix, dog. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go eat food and drink beer and pretend to watch football. Ladies and gentlemen, we love y'all. Shout out to our boys over at Tugget and Quad and the rest of them. We all love you, BELLYUP Sports, and we will talk, talk to you guys on Thursday. Peace. See you. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.